We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Datable podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work or not. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating insider, if you will. On each episode, you'll hear commentary from my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. This episode of Datable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. I'm just going to cut straight to exactly what we're going to talk about today because our guest wrote a book called Confessions of a Middle-Aged Short Guy with No Game, an average Joe's observations from the deep end of the dating pool. 
Our guest's name is Vince Gaglione. He is from Raleigh, North Carolina, originally from Philly, 49 years old, currently in a monogamous relationship, and we have him on the line right now. Hi, Vince. Hey, Vince. Ladies, how are you today? We're so good. We want to talk about the average Joe. I guess in your case, Great. it's the average Vince. Uh, <laughs> you wrote yeah. us an email and you said, as a short, average-looking guy with no real game, I have found dating to be tough. How do you make an impression and stand out in a sea of other average guys? I have a few suggestions. Well, this is a new a first for us. <laughs> the average Joe, mm -hmm. uh, who is very aware that he's, a, he's in the average Joe. But you also say, how do you make an impression and stand out in a sea of other average Joes? By saying that, you're also implying that there's many average Joes out there, yeah? Yeah, that's correct. There's plenty of others out here. So what does average mean to you? An average Joe is, is not someone who who is, uh, say, a, a very you know attractive guy, a very uh, tall guy, someone who's got a, has a, a, an air about them where they exude like a, a confidence, a status perspective, or something that kind of like radiates from them. Some guys just have that masculine energy. Mm -hmm. Average guys just don't. They seem to kind of like fall into, they slide into the background. Uh, essentially, they they just don't make an impression in the dating world. When you're you're out there, you're at singles events, you're at social events, they're part of the scenery, they're part of the landscape. They, so they, they blend really right don't in. stand out. Yeah. Okay. And I remember yeah. in your yeah, book, for the you most said something about 85% men aren't attractive. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah, that exactly. statement. It stuck with me. Like, wh why yeah. 85%? That's a very specific number right there. Yeah, that was that was in a study in a book that I was reading, and it was a book by Jordan Peterson called Twelve Rules for Life, where a study was referenced. The the way the study worked, I guess, is they they asked women to rate whether a guy was considered attractive or not so much, going through a whole bunch of profile photos. Oh, and man. as it turned out, like they they calculated that eighty five percent of the guys were just rated as attractive or below average in attractiveness, which was kind of surprising. I guess like what perceptions do you have about what makes a man attractive either from the study or just from your own experience with women? I think even guys know this. They, they know who the attractive guys are. They know who the guys are that just seem to, um, you know, walk into a room and they have an air about them. And they just, you can see that like all the eyes are drawn towards them. It's just, it could be the way they carry themselves okay. or just their appearance. Uh, I think for women, mm -hmm. the way we feel about our own attractiveness, it's actually not a static feeling. It's kind of fluid. Some days I feel more attractive than other days. And it's kind of relative <laughs> too. It's relative sure. to whoever like steps into a room. Like you yep. said, there are some women who step into a room and just radiate this energy and then immediately puts me sure. in the average bucket, right? Right. So is this the same for mm -hmm. men as well? Is this average feeling, is this something that's more fluid and it's dynamic? and Or is it like every day I feel like an average Joe? Yeah, well, from my experience, it's been every day I felt like an average Joe. It's kind of like we, we, this happens early on. Um, and for me, I, I kind of took a look back at my life. And I remember when I first started becoming interested in girls, and as were my friends, I found that many of the girls sort of gravitated towards my friends, but never me. And then I always wondered why that was. And of course, you know, at the time, a lot of my friends were taller than me. I mean, it, they grew. I just never did. 
So I, I kind of looked at it. I was like, hmm, this is interesting. But, you know, throughout my life, I have always considered myself to be an average Joe. So it, it doesn't it's not really fluid. Like there weren't any there weren't periods of my life where I thought, oh, I'm really an attractive guy. I mean, I have to look at myself in the mirror. So it's like I kind of know where I sit in the packing order. OK, so back to traits. I know you obviously your book says middle aged short guy. <laughs> so I'm assuming you consider yeah. short one of the traits. Yes. How what? tall are you, Vince? I am five seven, actually. Okay. And then are there other traits? I know we kind of talked about what you're not or just this overall radiance, like one that comes to my mind. I'd love to hear if you agree with this, like full set of hair, baldness. What are your thoughts? I think that has actually changed over the years. I think that now, you know, so many guys are walking around with with their their head shaved. And I'm one of those guys as well. It might have been more important back then or many, many years ago as opposed to now. I think people consider that in. So that's cool. Well, I kind of like when guys just embrace the baldness versus like have a little bald spot. Oh, yeah. The bald spot is really bad. I mean, it's what is so interesting about this is that I feel like a lot of my girlfriends have ended up with what you're describing as an average male. But I would say these guys are nothing. There's nothing average about them. They're fantastic guys. And a lot of them are shorter. They're maybe on the older side. Maybe they're bald. I don't know. If I was part of the study where they found 85% of men to be unattractive, it'd be really hard for me to judge a guy's attractiveness just based on photos right and that's why you know for for a lot of women the way we look at male attractiveness is their energy yep the vibe they're giving off how they're yep. interacting with their friends mm-hmm. so just based on photos alone maybe yeah i would think none of them are attractive because i don't know who well, they that's are that's the challenge with data gaps right right so, exactly i guess i'd love to hear right, more about exactly. you vince like Besides like younger years, like you kind of brought that up about not being the the guy that Mm -hmm. got the girl. What other instances did you have through your life that you felt average? There have been times when I had been, you know, out with with my partner at the time and I would hear comments or my girlfriend would hear comments like, how'd he score you? Or what's a guy Mm -hmm. like you doing with a girl that hot? You know, things of that nature. Uh And, and and over the years, um, you know, it kind of looking back, I kind of thought about this. I was like, wow, that seemed to happen to me quite a bit. So mm. perception is everything. So it's like someone takes a look at a couple and they immediately make a judgment. And if it seems out of place, in a way, you're kind of aware of it because, but you know, you'll get the raised eyebrow. But or something isn't that something to high five about? I feel like a lot of guys want to be dating out of their league. And so isn't this a good thing? It can be. And I actually uh, point that out in my book because a lot of what I had described when I go back and, and talk about my dating history is how it kind of made me feel, like the emotions yeah. I was wrestling with, right? So as, as an average guy, to hear you know these comments made, yeah, some guys can take it, yeah, this is great, I'm dating them, I mean, whatever. But for me, I did just the opposite. It kind of like reinforced how I knew society kind of viewed this. And I thought to myself, wow, I, should I really be dating this person? Can she really do better than me? I would have those types of questions in my head. In essence, it did the opposite for me. Yeah. So it, it even nuked my confidence. I could mm. see that. It probably depends, mm. like, first of all, like, how often you hear it yeah. and the tone. If it's like, wow, like, right. good job yeah. versus like, how did they score you? Like, could see it being very variant. So y- your yeah, book it's... is about, so I'm going to read the title one more time, Confessions of the Middle-Aged Short mm-hmm. Guy with No Game, an Average Joe's Observations from the Deep End of the the dating pool. You said in your email to us that 
you had a hard time dating. So can you give us some examples of the tough times you had with dating, not just what you just told us about, you know, dating out of your league? Yeah, I, over the years, looking back on my history, I realized I never really had that many first dates. Friends had always, for some reason, somehow managed to score many more first dates than I had. So if it was, you know, for me, I was lucky to have maybe two first dates a year. You know, and that was just through my, my early history in dating into say my, my early thirties. I, I was married for a period of time. So I was with, I was with her for, for eight years totals from 23 to 30. And then from my thirties on, I'd been single. One thing that was really interesting that happened that was kind of the impetus for the book is that I was sitting with uh, a number of my guy friends at a dinner. We do a monthly dinner and conversations usually turn towards dating and relationships. And uh, my one friend, he got out his phone and he passed his phone around and, he's, and he wanted our opinion of a woman that had contacted him on Bumble. So we, we looked at the message exchange and, uh, you know, after we were done, he, I asked him if he could bring up his Bumble queue and I saw that his queue was full. That was like my, that was my oh shit moment because my queue is always empty, right? And this guy, Got I mean, we're, we're here in the same area. And I thought, wow, what does he have that I don't? So yeah. I asked him, I said, what happens when, you know, you got all these people in your queue, what are you going to do with them? He's like, ah, just, you know, once I get rid of these, then, you know, it'll fill up again. And then wow. that made me feel even worse because Damn. I thought I'd been on Bumble. I'd been using the app for, at the time, at least uh, almost a year. And at most, I probably had like one or two sweats types on me on in, in that were in my queue ever yep. at any one time. It was never any more than two. And I was like, how is this possible? How is he how does he have all these people who, who are interested in him and I don't? Again, that was another one of those things that kind of reinforced, well, wow, I, I must be really, really, you know, average if, you know, what's going on here? I had no clue. I think dating apps like can really reinforce that because we've gotten a lot of messages and emails from men specifically, just and women too, but like around like how they don't get enough matches on dating apps. And it really tears at like your self-esteem and ego. Yeah. And it's all a result of comparing yeah. your cue with right. your friends, which is the worst thing you can possibly do. Right. And then I guess my other question is what, what do you think it was about him that was more appealing or kind of got those additional matches compared to you and other average men? This is going to be kind of subjective. This is only my opinion. In, in my photos, I mean, we're very similar in terms of age, occupation, really our, the difference between us are, are our photos. And in his photo, I mean, he kind of has, he has, he has the salt and pepper beard, right? So he's, he's sitting there holding a glass of beer and he looks kind of big stock. Now he's average height. He's about 5'10". In my photos, so you can kind of tell that I'm thin and I might be shorter than him. He just looks big. Got it. That's, so that's another And trait. that was the only yeah. real difference. It's a good segue into, you know, um, we had an episode in season five with um, this woman named Natalie Carey. And she wrote a book called Everybody Beautiful. And it was focused on body image and women. In the episode, we kind of brought up, do men have these same issues with their bodies? And Obviously, we had no male representation at the time. But can you speak a little bit more about body image issues? Um, sure. Uh, I will look in the mirror and, of course, I will find fault with myself. So it's like, I don't like this about me. I don't like that about me. So I think that as a, as a man, it's we have those same issues. I think that we kind of internalize them more. So we never kind of like show that or, or kind of mm. will present that or tell anybody about it, where women will more or less, you know, they'll share some of that information with their their closest of friends 
Um, but as guys, we're kind of taught to be strong, never show emotion. So I think that, you know, even in, in those instances, we don't want to express that to anyone, even if we might be feeling it. This is interesting because Natalie wrote this book, Everybody Beautiful. And she said that it was geared primarily to women because mm-hmm. she understood women's body issues because she was a woman. And she had all these men coming out of the woodwork after she published it being like, I relate, I know this. And Mm -hmm. it's very interesting, Vince, you just said this, like in society, it's so much focused on women's body and not men's. Well, what I also find the the other layer to this is because I've never really looked at men's magazines, but I finally took a glance the other Mm -hmm. day of men's health, GQ, and these men are just as airbrushed and beautiful and perfect as the women you see in Glamour, Cosmo, Vogue. But we never bring up these issues because, you know, we've had this whole, you know, fight against body image for women and how everything's airbrushed and we shouldn't be presenting women in this way, this like picture perfect way. But we have we haven't yeah. really talked about it with men at all. I totally could visualize what you're saying. You get like these like jacked, jacked, men yeah, like, like shirt off, ten mm-hmm. pack, twelve pack, and <laughs> and it's like super chiseled, and uh, and you're like these guys don't really exist. But I guess if men are seeing these as the role models for them, then I can see how that would give right. them body image issues. For me personally, it really varies. I have like no ideal body no. type at all. Yeah, I think it's like this comparison again, like if. If this is what GQ and men's health is saying is like a hot, attractive man, and I don't look anything like that. Yeah. I could see where the insecurities would come up. But Vince, I would say this though, because the reason why women have been fighting back against all these airbrush bodies is because we feel like men are more picky when it comes to body types on women. And women are a lot more forgiving. Mm-hmm. Do you find that that is the case? Uh, that's a good question. I think that um, you're probably right. I'm going to agree with that statement. I think that women are basically looking for men who can provide a, a, a semblance of protection, dominance, power, etc. So they're looking for guys who are protectors. And how they find that or how they seem to become aware of that is through a guy showcasing his personality, at least from if we're talking interpersonal here. If you're an average guy, if you could showcase your personality, you be yourself, you're authentic, and you kind of display in your personality those qualities, then that will uh, allow that attraction to take place. I'm glad that we're starting to get into some lessons and learnings because I would say this, and I feel like it is my responsibility to present this PSA right now, which is a lot of times, yes, the alpha males in the room will get the most attention because they're the ones who are most aggressive and they're the ones outgoing. They're talking to the females. So of course, I'm going to be talking Mm -hmm. to the guy who's talking to me when I secretly wish the guy who's awkwardly standing in the corner would come and talk to me because I... I find his energy a lot more attractive than the alpha male. Right. I do not like alpha males. Mm-hmm. But I guess from mm-hmm. um, from an outsider's point of view, all you see is the alpha male getting attention. Right. Because he's, he's the one seeking it. The right. average Joe is not. Sure. Right. So can guys... Kind of learn from this. Just because a woman is talking to your friend doesn't mean that she's necessarily interested. It's just because he's talking to her. That's it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, if we're talking about these types of situations, especially like singles mixers, for example, it's like that's a very difficult environment when you've got a few alpha males who are kind of uh, working the room and, you know, they're in conversation. Sometimes you're in group conversation. So you kind of if you're interested in talking to a, a specific person, you know, try to work your way into that conversation and even people that you might not at first 
think, I don't want to talk to this person. Just go up to them and talk to them anyway. Just start having conversations. If anything, it will make you more comfortable talking to anybody. Yes. So, and when an opportunity comes along, then you're already comfortable and you don't have to worry, oh my God, should I go up to this person? Oh, I don't right. know what to say because you'll already know what to say because you've had practice with it. Can I just summarize that advice one more time? Because I think <laughs> it's important for people to hear. It's really scary to think in a room of strangers, you go up to the one person you're most attracted to first. Yeah. No, you never want to do that. What you're saying, Vince, is in this situation like that, you ease your way in. So start talking to the people you're not attracted to or same gender or whatever. And then that way you get a little warmed up to talk to eventually that girl that you're really attracted to. Sure, sure. That's one way of doing it, of course. So at the beginning of this whole thing, when you wrote into us, you said, how do you make an impression and stand out of a sea of average guys? Is this the advice or are there other suggestions you have of how to make yourself kind of more visible? Yeah, there's there's other suggestions. One, the, the the top one that I've I've kind of looked at it has been, you know, your appearance. Like if you're at an event where there's a lot of singles, if you, you know, dress above your competition, then you're going to get noticed. That's a real easy one to handle because, you know, that doesn't really require any work. It just requires you to make a better first impression. So it's like you want to put your best foot forward. Is there an outfit that you can suggest (laughs) that can make you stand out from the competition? Of course, it depends on the event. Let's say, you know, you have you have a button down shirt, but you've got, you know, you've got French cuffs. So put in cuff links. That's that's something that is a differentiator in a way, because, you know, I've done that myself and people have always commented and said, wow, I can't remember the last time I saw someone wearing a French shirt. And I was like, oh, thank you very much. That's awesome. That's a great compliment. Um, so there are things like that. Just dress a little bit better. Maybe wear a tie, even though a tie might not be appropriate. But if you have a tie and shirt mm-hmm. that look great together, that, you know, kind of stand out a little bit. Uh, we've noticed those things. They always notice, you know, the, the guys who want to make a good impression. I remember one time I, I, I was I was involved with someone and, you know, we had a conversation about this and I was I was dressed pretty well. It was just a, a, a lounge event. That's where I met her. And she said, I looked around and I, I looked at you and I thought he must be important. That was oh, her okay. comment. To me. So she thought that because of the way I had was I was presenting myself, I was an important guy as opposed to the rest of the guys that were just you know, dressed like the, the average show. That was really telling. So I, I kind of, okay. you know, use that information going forward. You one can't area. change your height, actually, or even your body build if you're skinnier, but you can dress in a way that promotes your features the best way possible and kind of gives you that leg up in that regard. It's all about packaging. It's yeah. marketing 101. And I totally agree mm-hmm. with you. I walk into a room and I see a bunch of guys and I am drawn to the guy who's dressed just slightly better than the rest. He doesn't need to be overdressed. That's almost trying yeah. a little too much. But like they Put always together. say, you always just want to outrun your competition in the case of a bear attack. So you just want to be slightly better dressed. And to me, if a guy seems like he took a lot of thought into the way he dresses, he's a thoughtful person or he's going to be someone who is more mm-hmm. attentive. And my friends has gone to Macy's and gotten a free consultation oh. and has done personal shopping that doesn't cost any money. It's just whatever you buy at Macy's. And I'm sure other stores do it too. It's not just Macy's. So this is something that can be accessible to a lot of men and women. Too. That's a great suggestion because I think there are certain colors that bring out yep. your eyes, your hair color, whatever it may be. And when you wear something that makes you look good, you feel good too. It's it 
comes from yep. from the inside too. And and I also would say that I think there's something to be said about a guy who takes time into his appearance. It doesn't have to be like, oh my God, I'm so into myself. But if a guy spends the time taking care of himself, then I know that he's a grown ass man. Yeah. <laughs> He's not just a boy. Okay, Vince, what other stuff do you got in addition to clothing? Um, yeah, in addition to that, it's it, it, we're talking, you know, personality and interpersonal. You, you have to be confident. You have to present yourself in a confident manner. That doesn't mean being arrogant. That just means, you know, being comfortable with who you are and, and being authentic and, you know, talking about the things that you're passionate about, being able to engage in a, in a back and forth conversation. Listening skills are great because women yep. love guys who will listen. So understanding, comprehending what they're saying, and then being able to continue a conversation, ask questions, things of that nature. I'm going to plus mm-hmm. one that one because there are so many friends that we both have that said, I will never date a short guy. Yeah. And they met someone mm-hmm. that had confidence, that listened to them, that had the personality, and that criteria went right out the window. Totally. I would even say 85% of my <laughs> friends have ended up with someone either the same height or shorter than them. Some of these people were the <laughs> I'm, women I'm that sorry. said, I, I will guess. only date six, yeah, one and above. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, what's, what's key here is that what I talk about is being able to get that first foot in the door. As, a, as an average guy, being average might mean that your appearance is not going to get you in the door. But if you can have that one-on-one conversation, that's where the differentiator lies. If if you're able to present yourself in a way where that woman knows that you're 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 a stand up guy, you're you're a pretty dominant guy in your in your own way, then that's what's key. Okay. Anything else to add to this in terms of suggestions? Um, I think that you know, of course, you want to want to be personable. You want to be you you want to be good with any type of conversation. You want to be able to flirt a little bit. You know, it's like even if it is a stretch, right? And for me, it is a stretch. You can playfully banter. Um, so playful banter would be a good one. Okay, I think on the flip side, what are some of the consequences of not having this confidence and having this poor? body image? How does that impact Ben? It's time to take a quick break so we can tell you about the latest service we have been building over here at Datable. We've created a platform to connect you with vetted experts from our network to help with everything from coaching with dating, therapy, dating profile reviews, and even ways to get real feedback about your dating style. The sessions typically run from 30 minutes to an hour and can all be done via Skype or Google Hangouts. So you can be anywhere. Listeners have been sharing how worthwhile their sessions have been with comments about how easy the coaches are to talk to, how they have provided a new perspective, and how they have created actionable ways to inspire change. To meet the coaches and book your session today, visit datablepodcast.com slash coaching. Now back to the show. What are some of the consequences of not having this confidence and having this poor body image? How does that impact Ben? I think that it, it will kind of naturally get you to shy away from, from interactions, right? So this is something that happened to me back in my 20s. My confidence was at an all-time low, and I would shy away from any type of opportunities. Like I would, if I, Even if there was somebody I was interested in talking to, it's, I would refuse to go up to that person. Just because I didn't have the confidence in myself to be able to do that, I would think to myself, I'm going to get shot down, or I'm going to get you know a nasty look 
look or whatever the case may be. So there were probably many women I, I wanted to have conversations with um, that I just kind of like didn't even go that route. Mm-hmm. I just kind of backed myself back away and, and stood in the corner and kind of watched, you know. What happens when you're just constantly getting rejected because of your looks? Like, oh, I like you, but I'm not feeling the connection or all of that. Yeah, that's that's another one that really does play, you know, some games with your psyche as well, because, you know, we do take these things personally. So I think that women worry about getting rejected. Guys worry about that just as much. But it's important to kind of, you know, make maintain a, a focus. It's like, okay, if you know what you want, and if you know what you're looking for, then you've got to keep at it. It's real easy to just shy away from it all and say, I can't do this. But, you know, nothing that you really want in life that goes for anybody, it doesn't really come easy. So you have to just stick with it and you have to try to get better. And you can't really take those rejections personally. That's happened to me quite a few times. And uh, I recall a couple instances where specifically that happened, whether I was rejected for, you know, my height or my looks and whatever the case may be. Um, particularly at events where I was, I was talking to a woman and, you know, I had, I had asked her out on a date and she rejected me, but then I found out like she gave her number to another guy at the same event. So that will do that. That does a number on your psyche, but you know, you have to remember that you're probably going to get rejected a lot. And this is kind of the way it works. Um, so you just have to keep at it, keep working on yourself. Be confident and keep your eyes open for opportunities that come along. Sometimes we miss the opportunities when we're not in, you know, we're not in a good place. If you're thinking about, oh, I'm really not an attractive guy. I'm just, you know, an average guy. Nobody notices me. You can be thinking about those things and just miss other opportunities. It also affects your demeanor. It certainly did in my case um, back in my 20s. I mean, I, I walked around with a scowl on my face all the time. And, you know, most people don't want to walk up to someone with a scowl on their face and just say hi. Mm-hmm. Hi, how are you? My name is there. That's not going to happen. Right. So it's a very difficult thing when you're dealing with the, the struggle emotionally. You may assume it's because of your looks, but it could be because, because of the of energy. The energy. I think this, sure. yeah. this topic of rejection is something that everybody likes talking about because rejection comes from fear. And so I was talking to a Mm -hmm. close friend of mine this weekend, Shu, and he said, something that's really helped me in my life is that every morning, the first thing I do when I wake up is to take a really cold shower Hmm. because what you're doing is you're conquering fear. The first thing you do is conquering fear. And it makes you feel really empowered the rest of your day. And it puts everything else in perspective. It makes you think, well, I was able to jump into this freezing cold shower this morning. <laughs> Nothing else can really get to me now. And so, I, you know, I wouldn't <laughs> say this applies to everyone. Don't go the extreme of taking a cold shower every morning. But this idea of conquering fear, doing things that push you out of your comfort zone and make you scared will help you with rejection because eventually it puts everything in perspective and you just think, oh, this girl didn't give her number to me. It just means we're not compatible. Right. It's not, not a because big deal. of my looks right. necessarily. Yeah. Just one of the best quotes I ever heard was um, the quote of anything you, you really want is always on the other side of fear. Mm. So I've tried to kind of live my life that way. That's great. Well, this is a great segue to some of our takeaways from this conversation. So um, yeah, Yue, do you want to kick it off? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I'm just going to summarize some of the advice that Vince just gave us. One is, you know, be a good listener. I think we can all practice to be better listeners. We can be more attentive. Um, And then I like this idea of dressing with 
thoughtfulness and mindfulness. And it doesn't just mean like dressing fancy, but I think this applies to men and women. Just putting more thought into how do you, how you package yourself yep. will present you in a way that other people will take you more seriously, yep. right? I would say, Vince, you are a 49-year-old man. You know, you consider yourself an average Joe, but you were married, you've dated hot women, and you're currently in a monogamous relationship. So what I would say about this whole average mm-hmm. Joe theory is that it is just a mindset. Yeah. There is nothing physical about it. It's a mindset. Julie and I have friends, male friends, who are tall, attractive, gainfully employed, and who've never been able to date women, who have never been in a relationship. It doesn't mean that looks-wise they're an average Joe. It's a mindset. Exactly. I think that's a really good point. My other takeaway is like confidence is everything. We've seen time after time women that think that they only want to be with someone that's six feet tall end up with someone much shorter or not the stereotypical looks wise that they thought because of that like quiet confidence that we hear. My other takeaway is that men feel this too. I feel like women are always like the ones that are like, oh, we have to live up to this stereotype. We have to live up to this like beauty standard. But men are also on the same boat. It's just society doesn't tell men to discuss it as much as women. Absolutely. Vince, anything that you would add or any last yeah. parting advice for anyone? Yeah, I would say, you know, it, when we're talking about all of this, I'm going to go back to being yourself, you know, being authentic and mm-hmm. understand that not everybody is going to like you. A lot of this we don't understand. Um, a lot of this is chemical, but, you know, always be yourself, be authentic. Don't try to be something you're not because when it really comes down to it, people People, they're, they're going to like you. They're going to find you pleasing or they're not. And it's that simple. We're, we're not for everybody. Um, for all the men out there who are intimidated by the alpha male, can I just be completely honest <laughs> here? Use them to your advantage. The alpha men are there to peacock and to make assholes of themselves. And they're just making a lot of noise. It's all yep. fluff, right? So what they're doing is like distracting the women. But what you can do as an authentic male who may be just a little bit more introverted is that you want to spend more quality time with the women. So mm-hmm. as soon as you see like the alpha males like talking up a game and flirting with the girls, get that girl alone and say, hey, I, I just want to break through this clutter. I know that maybe you're in a conversation with this guy, but I would love to buy you a drink and get to know you better. That's yes. more of an authentic connection than some guy peacocking and making all that noise. I love that because I think um, speaking for my my own perspective, but I know other women feel this too. We don't want the guy that's going up to every woman in the no. bar or like blatantly hitting on women or even yourself. It's in a way sometimes not even the most complimentary if it's happening. Yep. You don't feel special with it and it doesn't feel authentic. Just being like a normal person being like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Just striking up conversation like you were talking to a friend actually goes a lot further. Vince, one other question Mm -hmm. for you. Um, You gave a lot Mm -hmm. of great advice to kind of overcome this in real life. But what about dating apps? Like how would you potentially position your profile if you are shorter or you are skinnier? Yeah, that's actually a difficult question because, of course, people are making judgments based on the photos, right? I mean, that's kind of where it all starts. If, they're, if they don't like your photos, then they're probably not going to read your profile, right? So in terms of photos, I would say just present yourself well, you know, make sure it's you, of course, um, have have photos where you might be you might dressed up a little bit, you know, just um, just present yourself well on the photos. So any other takeaways before we wrap up? Do we have time for a quick question of the day? Yeah, well, let's, let's do a question of the day. 
this question comes from Danielle. She says, I have come to terms with my looks. I'm not ugly or hot, just kind of in the middle. I'm pretty secure with what I have to offer as a wonderful girlfriend and person. I have no concerns that once I meet the right person, they will see this. My problem comes in attracting men since they're so visual. Any mm. thoughts about ways that I can make more of an immediate impression? I love this because it's the woman's perspective. Yeah, and we were just talking about this as well. Yeah, I guess Vince, from your perspective as a man, do you have any thoughts for Danielle? Yeah, I think the the one the one thought I could kind of that it comes right off the top of my head is guys are looking for um, a woman who radiates her femininity. So being feminine, being in her feminine, kind of a little bit flirty, just playful, confident in herself, and really like is just a fun person. You know, that's what we look for as guys. So if you are, you know, even an average, there, there are plenty of women that are- Average Jill? Super attractive. <laughs> yeah, they're super attractive because they radiate that feminine energy and that's okay. what we're kind of drawn to. I mean, there, there are plenty. There are women out there who are extremely attractive, but they they don't really radiate that energy at all. So it's like mm. when you talk to them, you know, it might be kind of business like. You feel like you're mm. in a business meeting. It might be kind of cold, and that kind of that's what pushes guys away. So I would okay. say to to this person, be your authentic self, but you know, be feminine. It's energetic. Okay, so very similar to kind of the advice you gave for men is be confident. And kind of also another piece could be kind of dress with what will suit you best as well. That could be mm -hmm. another piece of advice. I, I would say it's, again, it's a mindset. It's, it's relative to how you're feeling that day. So on days, I just know on days that I'm not feeling completely confident about myself, I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I feel even less confident. But on days where I'm feeling really good, that I'm going to take advantage of that energy mm -hmm. and get out there. It's all about context. It's mm -hmm. not... Again, I think attraction and attractiveness is not static. It's all so dynamic to and relative to how we're feeling and, and what our mindset is. So I would just say know yourself better. That's a really good point, actually, because I've been there myself. There are days when I've kind of I haven't felt great. And I was like, OK, well, I'm supposed to go to this event and I'm going to go. And then I would have a horrible time because, yeah. you know, I really mm -hmm. didn't want to be there for whatever reason. And energetically, people kind of can sense that. Yes. So I might not have had conversations and I might have left there thinking, man, I didn't talk to anybody tonight or wow, this was horrible. So yeah, a lot of this is, of course, how you feel, certainly. Yeah. And I think like actually what Natalie Carey said on her episode is there are all types of people out there that find different types attractive. All at the end of the day, it's about finding that person. So you yeah. don't need to be attractive to every last guy. You just need to find the guy that you're attractive to. Yep, exactly. All right, mm -hmm. Vince, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for uh, telling us so honestly your story and what you've been through and your learnings. I think this is so helpful for a lot of people, men and women, actually. And for anybody interested in Vince's book, again, it's called Confessions of a Middle-Aged Short Guy with No Game and Average Joe's Observations from the deep end of the dating pool you can find it on amazon anywhere else the book is available on all the major ebook platforms so you can get it on amazon you can get it on barnes and noble ibooks sweet thank you again for you, you know for your time and uh for listeners we want to hear from your perspective whether you're the average joe average jill or you're just like you know you're so freaking hot and you still have a hard time dating i know people like yeah, that totally. we want to hear from you as well 
we love to have you as a guest on our show. We're always booking guests for future seasons. So find us at datablepodcast.com. Okay, on that note, we're going to wrap this up. Stay Stay datable. Your action item for this week is to think about the physical type you normally go for and throw that out the window. Don't get so stuck on the superficial qualities that make someone attractive to you. We've said this before, but it never hurts to say it again. Keep an open mind when it comes to dating. If you keep going for the same type and none of them seem to work out, there's probably a reason for that. This week, step out of your comfort zone and go for someone completely different from your normal physical type. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. If you didn't know already, we have a revamped website with articles, videos, and content all about modern dating. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We've had some great feedback about how actionable these episodes are. So check them out on our website or iTunes Music. Also, visit the site today to see the latest about coaching, where we connect you with dateable approved experts to help with everything from dating profile reviews, coaching, and even gathering real feedback about your dating style in a personalized and affordable way. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Dateable Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and auto-download the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode. 